Hello beautiful souls and welcome or welcome back to Cosmic Chats Astrology Unveiled, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of astrology and we explore how it can guide us on our path of personal growth and healing. I'm your host, Elle, and I'm here to share my passion for the sun, moon, planets, and all of the stars and their influence on our lives. In each episode, we'll explore different aspects of astrology and how we can apply its wisdom to create positive transformations in our own lives. I'll be sharing helpful tips, interviews, and all that you need to know about the weekly and monthly astrology forecasts, including monthly new moons and monthly full moons. We'll dive into topics like understanding birth charts, decoding planetary transits, and really harnessing the energies of the zodiac signs and houses. So if you're ready, it is time to embark on a journey of self-discovery, and together we'll uncover the secrets of astrology and learn how it can help us navigate life's challenges, embrace our strengths, and tap into our highest potential. It's time to unveil the magic that lies within you. Hello everyone, I am back today with another episode and today I am joined with a very special guest, Lindsay, who has come on and allowed me to take a look at her natal chart and we're going to talk all about her placements and how they may have manifested in her life and what life experiences have been reflected back to her in her natal chart. So that should be fun. How are you today, Lindsay? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Besides it being so cold today, I'm freezing. But other than that, you know, it's winter, so I just have to embrace it. Yeah. Where are you? I don't know where you are. Yeah, I'm in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cold. It's freezing. that cold here where I am. <laughs> and where are you again? San Diego. Ah, nice. Yeah. So out in California. Jealous. So Lindsay here, she has uh, her sun in Aquarius, her moon in Gemini, and she's a Taurus rising. I love that combo. Oh, good. I really do. And I know a lot of Gemini moons in my life. So I'm really curious to see how this Gemini energy has played out for you. Do you find that you are an overthinker and that you change your mind a lot or that you experience like a change of emotions often? Yes, I would say I'm less of an overthinker now. But when I was a kid, I was absolutely an overthinker. I have tried to explain to people that I can have six to seven thoughts happening at any given time. Like there's like levels to my brain and they're all happening at once. I am, I think what people would call fickle. (laughs) But to me, I just feel like I can take in a lot of information and change my mind very quickly. And I don't feel like it's, is a problem where some people, you know, really feel set in who they are. I just feel like, oh, I'm, I've just evolved. I've got more information now. So I've changed my mind on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love that you have that perspective because I think a lot of people can feel really guilty when it comes to changing their mind or when it comes to like all of a sudden realizing that maybe they don't feel like they want to do that anymore. And I think that's what Gemini placements are here and just even mutable placements in general are kind of here to show us that like it's okay to change our mind. We can change directions. We can change paths. We can do things differently and just be adaptable with that. So yeah, I I do like, I, I like that. But what's interesting is that Yes, your moon is conjunct Chiron in your second house, and it makes a lot of hard aspects. So Mm -hmm. this, I'm curious, and I'm sure maybe now that you're older, it's a lot 
more steady because I feel like as we get older, we get a better grasp on that energy. But growing up, did you find, did you go through a lot of really tough emotional experiences that really made you have to learn how to be resilient at a young age? I felt like I didn't connect emotionally the same way the people around me did. And I think that if I look back, I was, I feel like I was bullied by especially like maternal figures, like my mom, but even like just women, older women around me, aunts, that sometimes I was told a story that I wasn't expressing myself in the correct way or that I was emotionless when I felt like I, I mean, maybe this is part of the Taurus rising too, because I was told a lot I had RBF. (laughs) And so if I didn't show my emotions, or if I didn't outwardly express them, or if I, you know, I I was told I would hold things in, but then if I expressed myself, then I had a bad attitude, or I wasn't doing it appropriately. So I think I was, as a kid, I was very confused about that. And then I also felt like sometimes people in my family, I felt they were overly emotional. And, you know, like that even sometimes their use of emotions were manipulative. Mm. Like they, because they would project their emotions so loudly, like theirs were more important than mine, even if I kept it kind of more to myself. And then also, you know, talking about the Gemini moon is I can get over things really quickly. (laughs) So If I got over it really quickly, then I think people would make it seem like something wasn't important to me, Mm. but I I could just, you know, I wouldn't say like disassociate, but just more easily focus on something else. Yeah, totally understandable. And when I look at your chart and you have that moon conjunct Chiron, plus your moon square, your North node. Oftentimes people who have, especially the moon square, their North node, I find when it comes to maternal figures growing up, there's just a lack of connection or there's something there that creates challenges. And so you, most of the time moon square North node didn't get the emotional support they needed growing up. So now they're kind of confused on how to tap into their own emotions and they have to work through that to kind of come into alignment with where your soul is wanting to grow and learn and evolve in this lifetime. So that's, that's really interesting that that did play out for you, but that's never easy either. And having it in your second house, that's also all about like self-worth and your values. So having all these challenging aspects to that area of your life can create a lot of self-doubt or challenges around your worth or even, and that can even stem out into like finances, right? And, you know, feeling like you're worthy of receiving in general, not only just money, but also love and support and whatever else it may be. And then when I'm looking at your chart, you also have your Chiron opposite Saturn and Uranus in the eighth house. I feel like for me, this this would signal that like maybe there was a lot of unexpected changes or specifically to that made you feel like you maybe have lost a sense of control or a sense of stability, or there was something that really like triggered your your ability to connect on an intimate level with people and struggle a little bit to trust and open up to people? Do you find that that kind of plays out in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think from an early age, I felt like I was changing schools a lot. So it was really hard for me to make long lasting childhood friendships. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I moved away for college and 
I think I struggle to connect for like with I mean I always had a lot of friends like I mean Gemini Moon we, we can get along with everybody I was in every friend group but I never felt like I was I was kind of like on the periphery of every friend group I wasn't one of the core people and as I've grown up I even like I see I went to a small high school I see women who are still really good friends with the same people I grew up with you know and they're still really good friends and I'm and like maybe on social media we like talk or like say hi but we're not like at each other's big life events or you know we're just I I just never really developed that closeness and when I was a kid I I could see people having that and I really wanted it I really struggled I think as I've gotten older I mean now I do have friends like I think you know time slows when you're in your 30s so I do have friends where it's like oh we're new friends but we've been friends for like seven years Mm. (laughs) at this point that it's it's gotten a little bit better it's gotten easier but it I guess that would be really post Saturn return that that started to develop for me but I do find I mean actually like I think Saturn's in my 11th house now and I just went through a year of some big changes in groups of Mm -hmm. losing not necessarily losing friends but we're not as close a lot of like professional cuts and ties and but I don't know there's something of it's like more it's okay now where it 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 really it really bothered me as a kid of course definitely I mean as a kid everything feels so much bigger and yeah we don't really look at life the way that we do when we're older and we're like all right well now that I'm older I can maybe look at all of this as like this is happening for me and it's teaching me something and I'm trying to grow and evolve into this I don't know my spirituality has really helped me a lot with like overcoming those kinds of things mm-hmm. and when I'm looking at your chart I mean it's funny that you say that you did struggle a little bit with the whole friend aspect because I do find that wherever our North node is tends to be where we can also see challenges because that's the area of our life that our soul is really wanting to grow and learn and evolve into as well. And in whole sign, your North node is in Pisces in the 11th house. So Mm -hmm. you're very much meant to learn how to connect with the collective and be a part of the collective consciousness and tap into the collective consciousness, but also to kind of find your way and trust your intuition within group settings and within group situations. And with that Pisces energy, you know, it could be really easy to also lose yourself within group settings as well. And maybe having like a lack of boundaries within group settings or friendships and really struggling with that and having to learn how to kind of set your boundaries and be a part of the collective without losing yourself in a sense. And I also think that you have a lot of aspects in your chart that signify being like some sort of spiritual leader for the collective in a sense, or whatever you go after is really tied into bringing this inspiring perspective and this breakthrough unconventional way of doing life is really what I picked up on as well because your 10th house is in Aquarius and so I'm going to just assume that your career is very much connected to something that's unconventional something that's breakthrough something that is also allows you freedom because that's really important do you feel like you really need that freedom in in your career yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. One of my criteria before I picked a career was that I, well, I had three criteria. I wanted to do something that helped people. I wanted to do something that, you know, made me enough money to not worry about money. And then the other one was to have the freedom to set my own schedule, work when I want to, work how I want to. I love that. That's very much connected to that Aquarius energy and wanting to be of service to people. I mean, Aquarius is really connected to humanitarianism. So, but then what's interesting, you have your midheaven in Capricorn. So even though you have, you know, you have your sun, your Mercury and Aquarius in your 10th house, but then with your midheaven in Capricorn, this can also signify that you're a hard worker. You work hard in your career, wherever you go. And you may have possibly faced some sort of challenges in the beginning of trying to get your career together and really figure out the direction you wanted to go in. But overall, I really do think that whatever you do for your career, it's going to bring a change, a new perspective to the world. And it's not going to be considered like a societal norm in a sense. So If you feel up for it, do you mind talking a little bit about your career and what you do and what your experience was like getting there? Sure. I'm a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And so it's been really funny learning about astrology and how I picked a career that (laughs) very much suits my chart. So you feel very lucky. And I happened to do it before my Saturn return. So I think that made my Saturn return a lot easier Mm -hmm. (laughs) comparatively. I didn't know about Saturn returns until after I'd already had one. But yeah, it's, it's very much my chart. It's not the norm. It's very much about helping people, but it is hard work and it is a serious profession. So I feel like it's and, and I own my own business. So that's very much my Capricorn midheaven. Yes. It allows me to bring in medicine and art and spirituality. Chinese medicine is very holistic. And when we treat people, we're looking not only at the physical, we're looking at the mental, emotional, and the spiritual. And we don't differentiate. We don't see them as three separate things. We see them as all connected. And when we treat one, we treat them all. So it's also given me a lot of flexibility. Chinese medicine is just so vast. There's so many different types of, not just specialties in the sense of like, you could focus on fertility, you could focus on sports medicine, just there's so many different techniques and schools of thought within Chinese medicine that I've loved exploring over the last 15 years. I've I actually got into Western astrology because I started studying Chinese metaphysics like the Yijing and Batsa. And what happened was, is uh, people started asking me for consultations. And I didn't have very many Western people to look to as to like, well, how do I do a consultation with this? So we started um, watching YouTube videos of Western astrologers to kind of see like, what are people asking? What do they want to know about their lives? Um, but There's just so much more information on Western astrology. So that's, you know, and COVID hit and I I really, that became my deep dive. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel like that was such a monumentous year for the collective in general. So many people that year really made so many shifts, so many changes in their path, uh, in Mm -hmm. their career, especially. 
Yeah. So that, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Because I forgot that I meant to ask you how you got into astrology, but you just brought that up and I was like, oh my gosh, forgot to ask her that. That is so cool. I love hearing about, you know, unconventional jobs. I think that's amazing. I love going against the grain. So that's, that's awesome. I think it's funny because as an Aquarius, we don't mean to do that. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like, I, I have to admit it's abnormal, but to me, it always, I got started so young that it, it just seemed like, well, this is what I'm going to do. Oh yeah. And it, it feels normal. Have, to you, right. Yeah. I have to remind myself often, like, this is still weird to people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's funny too, because then I think about life in general and I'm like, who decided that this was normal and this wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, maybe your your normal is not normal to me. It's, yeah, it's just so interesting how that that works. And we really let societal norms dictate like what's considered normal. And I'm just like, but but why? Who chose that? I don't get that. <laughs> so when it comes to your chart in general, what placement do you find you feel is the most misunderstood? And then which one do you feel like you resonate with the most? Well, I think well, I guess when I learned astrology and I found out I had a Gemini moon, I was really excited. I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense because I, I felt like, yeah, there were some Aquarian things that I resonated with. But when I started reading the descriptions of Gemini moon, I said, that's me. I'm a Gemini moon. But then I got onto the dark side of the astrology forums and found out people don't like Geminis. Oh, yeah. Um. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of Gemini hate out there. Um, and I was like, why would anyone lo- hate Geminis? Geminis are like, all my best friends are Geminis. And, you know, then I realized, well, it's because I'm a Gemini moon, like we get each other. So I think, you know, the Gemini energy is often misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, I think we're great. <laughs> I think we're fun. I love Gemini placements. I'm a Sagittarius. So, you know, you guys are my sister sign. And yeah. I love, I love Gemini's really balance each other out. So yeah, I would say the one that I'm still, well, the one that was surprising to me, but then not surprising was I think when we're only into sun sign astrology, it's easy for us to go. I don't like that sign. I don't like that energy. And for me, that was Pisces Mm -hmm. because I had some Pisces in my life and some of that water energy I felt was, um, you know, like sometimes manipulative toward me. But actually, now that I've learned more about my family, there's a lot of cancer and Scorpio. So it was just, it was just water energy water I was very general. uncomfortable with, I think, around me. And then finding out I have a Pisces Venus was like, yes. oops. <laughs> and learning more about that placement, I've actually realized, well, that makes a lot of sense to me. And then I do resonate I mean, it's hard to say because Pisces, Venus, and whole sign is in the 11th house. And I've heard astrologers talk to me about that. And some of it resonates, but I've always kind of gravitated toward Placidus for my whole chart. And that puts it in my 12th house. But you know, 12th house and Pisces are so similar. And kind of when I look at more of the 12th house, Pisces, Venus, then I realize, okay, that is the hidden part of me that I know very intimately, but people don't see. Mm -hmm. And So then that makes, when I started thinking about how people treat me or talk to me and I would see like, how do they misunderstand me so much when I was like, okay, well, if I have a 12th house Venus and that's my chart ruler and then Pisces, they don't, they don't see the soft side of me. They don't see the girl 
crying to Taylor Swift in her ah, bedroom and like I love that. I love writing poetry. you know like I when I was a kid I wrote a lot of poetry and like that kind of stuff you know but that wasn't like that my outward face no and and you know that would be so healing for you for sure because you do have Chiron in Gemini so that in general is like a wound connected to feeling misunderstood definitely Mm -hmm. so and then pair that with your Gemini moon releasing your emotions through writing or speaking or things like that would be really healing when it comes to that wound. So that's, I totally could understand why you feel that way. Absolutely. I think it's really easy. Like you said, when it comes to sun sign astrology for us to be done wrong by the same energy, like constantly that we're just like, all right, they're the worst, but it's like, well, I bet you it's because all of my planets are. So for me, it was Virgo. And it's because I grew up with a dad that I just did not get along with. And then from there, it stemmed out to friends that were Virgos that I could, like, I always bought heads with and made me feel a certain way. But I have all this Sagittarius energy. So it squares Virgo energy, creating that conflict. And oftentimes, I find that it's like these soul contracts that we kind of come into this life with to learn lessons through the challenges with these energies, in a sense. And because you do have very little water in your chart totally understandable as to why you would probably butt heads with the water signs because it's like you just don't understand each other you have very different ways of moving through life and dealing with emotions but I think it also probably has to do like we're talking about Virgo energy is like my south node in Virgo Mm. when I was a kid I was much more type a perfectionist type of personality and I would say that in the last few years, I've stepped more into that 12, this, this like 12th house Pisces energy. I would say I went through a bit of a spiritual awakening 2019, 2020. And yeah, I, I'm much more comfortable with that water energy now. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yeah, especially because you have Pisces North node. So it's like really learning how to get comfortable with that energy. And it's funny that you say that you went through a spiritual awakening because I was going to talk about transits that are happening for you. And I noticed that you have so much going on that really kind of signifies a spiritual awakening because you have Neptune conjunct your North node right now. So transit Neptune is conjunct your North node. So you're learning a lot about kind of embracing more spiritual connections in your life, doing more networking, but like on a spiritual, more intuitive level, learning how to trust your intuition when it comes to group settings and friendships and learning how to connect with people on a more spiritual level. Because North Node, I mean, Neptune conjunct the North Node is just a huge spiritual awakening kind of aspect. And then on top of that, you have it also, the Neptune is square Chiron in Gemini in the second house right now. So you could also, as you're beginning to, you know, find these more spiritual connections, do the healing work, the inner work, but there could also be a lot of confusion around maybe your values being different from some of your friends, or maybe having a little bit of uncertainty, you know, not as much clarity as you would like in that aspect. So Mm -hmm. as although you're finding spiritual connections, it's also confusing at the same time. Do you find that that's the case? Yeah, it's been quite a roller coaster since, um, I would say since 2019. There were a lot of transits going on. I think that was about the time Neptune went over my Venus, but there were some other things going. I think like in my progress chart, like all the outer planets 
started to switch signs. And so there was a lot going on. But I would say lately, especially with Saturn going into my 11th house, I, I had a trajectory in my career that started in 2007. And last year that came to a big ending and it was very unexpected. And I would say that um, in the last year, I've just really been kind of coming to terms with that. There's been like a little bit of grief that went along with that because there were some personal connections that like, I mean, I would say luckily no big bridges were burned. It just became very obvious that the life that I thought I was working toward was not happening. Like, and I've never had something that was built up over so much time that I was so sure of end. So I'm happy that I did a lot of spiritual work before that (laughs) because it could have been a lot harder for me. And it, it has probably affected me career wise and confidence wise a bit. I did also have to move locations of my business and I hem and hawed about that for a long time. And, you know, so there was just like a lot of big changes. Um, But I'm really grateful that I did a lot of spiritual work, meditation, just became really centered in myself so that I could handle all of these things. Like, not that it wasn't stressful, but I I don't know. I heard someone say something like, when I first started seeing astrology and reading placements, I started being like, oh, why do I have that? Like, oh, no. But then it's kind of like, well, you always had that. It's literally always been there in your life. And then somebody said, you're, you are literally born for your chart. Like Mm -hmm. you came into this world with this chart, you were born for this. And that kind of gave me a little bit of solace and that thinking, okay, you know what? I have a lot of challenging aspects, but I do like a challenge and I get really bored. So it's not, you know, I I think there's some people that, yeah, you might have like a lot of squares and and oppositions, but that's when I thrive. (laughs) So I love that. I just, (laughs) Yeah, I just have to think about not burning myself out completely. You know, like sometimes settling into that, the nicer energies of my chart too. Yeah, giving a little focus to those. Absolutely. And yeah, I think like you said, it's so easy for us to look at our chart and see all these hard aspects and then get so overwhelmed thinking that we're doomed for life. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's that's not nope, because you can so easily work through them. And deal with the energy in a different way where it's benefiting you rather than you are using it to like wallow in struggles and self-pity and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I do like the per- the perspective of like, yeah, we chose what time we wanted to be born so that we could get this blueprint of life. We chose our lessons, what we wanted to do. A lot of people ha- struggle with thinking of it that way because there are so many people out there that are suffering and everything like that. But Yeah, when it comes to like struggles that I've been going through, it really has helped with just being like, all right, I chose this. I can get through this. I can work through these challenges and I can grow. I can grow through it. And it also kind of gives me peace knowing that nothing is going to stay the same forever because Mm -hmm. the transits, everything is constantly changing. So even though we might feel stuck in a certain area of our life, we're not going to be stuck there forever. 
there's going to be change, but of course we have to initiate the change. But it's funny that you also mentioned, so you mentioned 2007 to just recently last year of a huge career cycle for you. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I literally wrote down here because I wanted to talk about this. We had Pluto enter Aquarius for the first time this year back in March until I believe June. And then it went back to Capricorn. And that was the first time well, in like 225-ish years that I ever entered Aquarius. But before that, it was in Capricorn from 2008 to that time. So that area of your life that Pluto was transiting had a huge transformation, essentially. And it goes back into Aquarius in January of next year starting a whole nother cycle of course it will then retrograde towards the end of the year back into Capricorn one last time but then at the end of the year it will then enter Aquarius again and be there until 2043 so that's a long cycle as well but for you in whole sign it was transiting in your ninth house which mm-hmm. is all about like belief systems higher learning uh, college studying traveling you know, things like that. But then now I'm curious in Placidus. I don't think I looked. I'm going to look because I wonder if it was more so for 10,000. I think in Placidus, it's, it's both. It it does my ninth and Yeah, it does. Time. Yeah, so that is so interesting. And it makes so much sense as to why maybe that unfolded the way that it did and that you were closing out that long 15-year cycle. Yeah, and part of... I mean, not getting into specifics, but part of what ended was definitely more ninth house themed, you know, kind of this trajectory and vision that had a lot to do with higher learning, had to do with, I mean, I'm in Chinese medicine, so, you know, that's foreign. So, and then also traveling, you know, part of that was going to be more traveling and and higher learning. And so a lot of those themes. So, but I, I think what I love about astrology is I also noticed that trend too. And then with Neptune on my North node, I just, I think for the past year, I've been in this like, well, what, what am I going to do next? But then I look at the chart and I go, you know, I'm probably not supposed to know yet. Mm. Like I'm probably in this in between of um, just kind of grounding and being more sure of myself. And I'm a big believer and follower of, you know, like living in alignment and it just finding, you know, alignment and then opportunity finds you. So that has been, you know, my focus is kind of just prepping myself, getting at least this part of my business that's working, getting that more settled, you know, focusing on day-to-day things so that I'm anticipating, yeah, with that Pluto transit, <laughs> that's gonna, that's gonna change things. I mean, not just for me, for everybody. Oh, yeah, it's um, gonna be interesting to see for sure. We're all about to enter some new phase of our life in big ways and on collective on a collective level, powerful ways. But, you know, Pluto does move slow. So it's going to be over the next like 19 years. Of course, change is inevitable in that amount of time. You know what I mean? So it's so easy for us to kind of like fear it or like kind of get this energy of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Like is all of a sudden things are going to turn into chaos? I mean, hey, anything can happen, right? But I like to think of it as just like, it's going to be like a slow 
progression forward in whatever area Pluto is coming in to do its work. <laughs> yeah. But the last thing I kind of wanted to mention when it comes to your transits is that you've also been, well, actually on top of that, you have Uranus trying your midheaven right now. So this is actually a great period for you when it comes to like transformative changes in your public image and in your career. So kind of tune into that energy a little bit more. Stay up to date with like any new technological advances when it comes to your career and things like that. Get a little out of the box, even though I'm sure you already are, but if you can tap into into it more, then go for it because this is this is great energy to kind of take advantage of. And on top of that, too, you have Chiron and the North Node in Aries transiting your 12th house in whole sign, and it's conjunct your Jupiter as well. This is like a huge, again, connecting to spirituality and spiritual awakening and unpacking the past and healing, but also so much personal growth and self-development is unfolding in your life right now that is actually going to bring you so much wisdom to be able to expand and grow. When Jupiter enters Gemini in, uh, I believe it's, I want to say May or June of next year, but that is going to bring a lot of expansion for you as well, especially in your finances, hopefully, and, you know, in your emotional well-being sense of self since you have your moon in Gemini. So that's, that's pretty exciting to look forward to, I must say. I'm a little bit jealous of all the Gemini placements out there that get to uh, enjoy the Jupiter in Gemini energy, but... Before we wrap this up, I kind of wanted to ask, is there a specific challenge that you can think of that was really, really hard, but regardless of how hard it was, you are so grateful for what it taught you and what did it teach you? Hmm. Well, I guess, okay, talking about Saturn return, (laughs) looking back, I guess this was very much uh, my Saturn return. Um, I had two kids during my Saturn return. And they were very close together. And both of them were very challenging births. Um, I had emergency C-sections for both. And um, my my first was an emergency C-section. I ended up developing postpartum anxiety afterward. And I'd never heard of postpartum anxiety at that time. It was just postpartum depression. So it was, even as a medical professional, I, I was pretty caught unaware of it. And so that was challenging. And then when my second came along, I tried for a VBAC. It wasn't successful, had another C-section, recovered more easily with that. But we had a birth diagnosis of Down syndrome. So all of those challenges were, you know, they were different in their own way. And it was a lot to go through in less than two years time. However, it was such a big lesson in empathy. I think I had the hubris of a medical professional, a little bit of a know-it-all, Gemini Moon, who thought going into the first one, I'm doing everything right. I'm going to have a beautiful, natural, vaginal birth. Things are going to go my way. And they did not go my way. And I had trouble healing. And I really had to get a lot of resilience with that. There were a lot of other things going on around that too, but it has transformed my practice and how I help women in that time because I really got to see there weren't a lot of resources for women after you have a baby and after you have a C-section. And it's 
it's kind of wild that the recovery for C-section is so lacking. Um, I mean, people get way more care and support if they get knee surgery than if they have a C-section, which is wild. And then with my daughter, you know, luckily she's very healthy and neat, but, you know, it taught me a lot about special needs. It taught me a lot about navigating that world. I do feel like I can help support the stress of parents who have kids with special needs, you know, connect with them on that. As I learn, I have a lot of firsthand experience that translate into my clinic, right? So yeah, those are really challenging things that I went through. And it took me probably a long time to say, okay, I'm grateful for them now. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if you ever really feel 100% grateful for, totally understand. for that. But it is something that I think I've been able to transmute into something valuable for the people around me. Absolutely. I, I love that. That That's really inspiring. And thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that for sure. I can't even imagine, you know, I love adding this segment because I feel like I hear so many different ways of looking at really difficult situations that we go through in a more I don't want to say like optimistic lens, because again, I do feel like every challenge we go through, we are allowed to grieve it and feel it and find it challenging. But to come out on the other side at the end of the challenge and be like, okay, what has it taught me? And how have I grown from this experience? I think that can be so inspiring. So I really do appreciate you sharing that. And I also appreciate you coming on and being so open and letting me talk a little bit about your chart. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You're so insightful. Like you just, it's like, I feel like you cyber stalked me or something. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know. It's so funny because my, just people in my close life, like, because I'm so passionate about astrology, I'll be like, all right, so do you know what time you were born? Like, let me take a look at your chart. And I'm like, wow, I feel like I know you on a soul level now. And they're like, it's a little creepy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a lot of fun. And I just love learning about like the way that humans work and like how life works in general. And I think it's just because I'm so sad. There's so much sad in me. I'm like a never ending, uh, student of life I guess you could say oh yeah I mean we didn't talk about it but I have a lot of Sagittarius energy so I love it too (laughs) you have Sag Mars and yeah I actually meant to bring that up because I was wondering how you deal with your anger because with my Sag Mars (laughs) I, I don't know if you're like this but when I'm mad I can't help but cry it is the weirdest mm. thing. I'm like, why am I so emotional? Why do I cry so much? And I don't know if it's because it's in my fourth house, which is like very, um, you know, associated with cancer sometimes in the moon. So maybe that's why, but no, I'm just like, and I don't like to, I don't like conflict either. So I'm somebody who's like, please, let's not, let's not fight. I don't want you to yell I, at me. I don't want to fight. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's, you're mutable. You are definitely anti-conflict. Like I will do anything to not have the fight. But when I'm in the fight, I double down and I draw on all my cleverness. Really shuts the book down. <laughs> I can become a little bit ruthless if I ever get to that point. But I think with the with the Mars, for me, I did a lot of sports growing up. So a lot of athletic. I 
Uh, and then as an adult, I, you know, I've really gravitated toward marathons, triathlons, putting myself on a training program at all times to get that extra energy out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think it's spicy very quickly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm jealous. I wish that I could call upon my physical strength and athleticism, but I am like not athletic at all. I hate running. I hate exercising. I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> I tried sports, but then I quit the sports. I mean, I, are you into human design? Mm-hmm. So I'm a manifesting generator. So I tend to just start things and then stop things quite often. <laughs> yeah, I'm married to one, so I get it. Oh, so you get it. That's so funny. What What are you in human design? A projector. Oh my gosh, I'm married to a projector. So isn't that ironic? <laughs> I guess we just kind of gravitate towards each other. That's so funny. Do you find that you need a lot of sleep? Yes. Yeah. I sleep a lot. I mean, before kids, I regularly slept 10 hours a night, Mm -hmm. like completely through the night. And then luckily my kids were very good sleepers, but yeah, if I get less than seven, I'm pretty grumpy. Yeah. My husband needs so much sleep. Like he'll even nap throughout the day, like on his days off. And I'm like, wow, you didn't really do much today, but you need a nap. That's so interesting. Yeah. That's, that's the toughest part of being married to a manage in when you're a projector is like I I mean I have a 10 house son I'm very ambitious and I do a lot but I also when I need my downtime I need to do nothing or I feel like my husband wants to be busy all the time and sometimes I'm like I just need you to be in another room like your energy is too much like you're you're just busy body it's so funny. It's so true. And yeah, we do. My husband and I, we also have the, the separate space where it's like, all right, I'm going to go do my thing. You go do your thing. Cause we need to like, you know, just, and we'll be okay in that. When we first started dating, I had a hard time with that because he needed so much space. And I was like, what do you mean? You need all this space. You don't want to hang out with me. But it was like, no, he needs his, his alone time. And I mean, he has tons of 12th house placements as well. So alone time <laughs> is kind of just written in the stars for him, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But thank you again for coming on. Now, before we go, is there any way that everybody listening can stay connected with you or follow your journey if they want to? Sure. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle's Lindsay, A-C-U. N-D-S-A-Y. And then I have a YouTube channel too, where I mostly post about Chinese medicine, I'm sure. But every now and then I do some videos on Chinese metaphysics. That's so cool. I'm going to definitely check that out. Thank you again so, so much, Lindsay. Thank you. This was fun. <laughs>